So today's daf is Lamed Zayin and Eruvin. We are going to start at Lamed Vav Amud Bet. We are three lines from the uh, bottom of the Amud where we left off yesterday. We were talking about this uh, question of Bura. Bura is a concept of retroactive uh, determination of something. Now the definition of that, like we said yesterday, but we kind of said it after the shiur more clearly, so I'm not sure how clearly it was expressed during the shiur. Um, I remember discussing it afterwards, is that um, what it means is that the situation that will determine the, um, that will determine the significance of your action hasn't occurred yet. So, so in the case where you say, well, whichever place the Chacham ends up coming, that's the one that I want that Eruv to be effective. So you're making it dependent on a future action. So at the moment that you set the Eruv, it was undetermined which one would be correct. And then only afterwards does it become determined at the moment that the Chacham arrives in his destination, now all of a sudden it becomes determined. That's called Brera. If the Chacham has already come to one of the other places, one or the other place, right? He's in one place. And you say, where, I don't know where the Chacham is. But wherever he is, that's the one that I intend. That's not Brera, that's valid. Because it's, the situation already exists. In other words, the fact is already established. that I don't know it. The fact that I don't know it is not the problem. The fact that it didn't happen yet is the problem. So that's, that was what Ayo, Ayo is the name of the Chacham that said that we can't, that the only case really where, uh, that, that, uh, that, that we can't, um, that we can do this kind of double uh, placement of Eruvin according to Rabbi Yehuda is going to be where the Chacham has already come. If the Chacham has not already come, then it won't work because the, the determination is dependent on something that hasn't happened yet, and that's called Brera. And now we're going to get into that old discussion. That's on the, uh, the, the bottom three lines. Adarabah, it says the opposite. Now, why are we bringing this? We're bringing this Tana or this, this teacher named Ayo, and we're using his Braita to refute our Mishnah because our Mishnah implies that there's no problem with placing two Eruvin in two opposite directions and saying we'll figure out later which one is the right one or whichever place I want to go to I'm going to do it decide and Ayo says no you can't do that why don't we say Ayo's version is contradicted by the Mishnah why are we saying our Mishnah is contradicted by him who is he to contradict the Mishnah just say that our Mishnah shows that he's wrong why, why, why are we going the other way it says because the reason is because there is a precedent for the idea that Rabbi Yehuda does not endorse the idea of retroactive clarification of Bayra. Where is that? Where is that precedent? In other words, Ayo's position has a source. He didn't just make it up. And where do we get that? If a person buys wine from the Kutim, these are people who uh, were, there was a discussion whether they were really considered Jewish or not, the Samaritans, even today, they're called the Shomronim today. What their Jewish status is has always been a matter of contention and, uh, and discussion. At a certain point in Jewish history, they were declared to be definitively not Jewish, but there was a time where they were still considered Jewish, but uh, questionable in some of their practices, let's say. So if you buy wine, mibena kutim, and you don't have... Uh, vessels in which to separate truman maser from the wine that you would normally have to separate before partaking of the wine. So what can you do? Omer could say, Whatever future two 
Login that I'm going to separate. That's a quantity. Whatever future amount I'm going to separate, that's the Tuma. Asara Maserishon. Ten will be the Maserishon. Tisha Masersheni. The nine will be Masersheni. Um, and then it's umechil v'shotem yad, and then he can say, and, and the maser sheni I deconsecrate onto money, and uh, and he can drink right away. In other words, even though he hasn't actually separated out the truma, he just said he has a big jug of wine. He says, in here is truma maser maser sheni. I separate all. I hereby whatever I leave over in the end, that's going to be the truma and the maser. So he doesn't actually know. He, he, it's not identifiable. But he says, later on, whatever I do, that will be the Maser and the Truma. He's allowed to do that, it says. Okay, and drink it. I didn't hear. It's, it's, it's not really relevant. It's just the case. That's why he doesn't have any vessels to separate his wine. It's not really... But Rabbi Yudah... It says, Rabbi Meir, that's Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon, Osrin. Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon say, you can't do that. You can't do retroactive. You can't say uh, whatever I do in the future determines what I'm doing now. No, you have to either separate or not separate. It's not going to work to do that. So therefore you see that Rabbi Yehuda doesn't agree with the idea of Bayra. So therefore Rabbi Yehuda would not allow you to put two separate Eruvet Chumin and say, whichever one I decide tomorrow will be the one. You can't do that. Ah, but, but Ula Amar Leta Le'ayomimatnitin. He says, no, I disagree. Ayo is wrong. Based on our Mishnah. Okay, what about this thing that we just quoted? This Mishnah with Rabbi Yehuda saying, Brera is no good? He said, no, because, he says, because, What about the fact that you just told me that Rabbi Yehuda, with Rabbi Yosi and Rabbi Shimon, prohibits a person to retroactively clarify their Truma? He says, He has it as pairs. Not as one against three. In our version of the Mishnah, it says, Rabbi Meir says, you can say whatever I decide to separate in the future will be the truma, and you can rely on that. And then the other three rabbis, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yossi, and Rabbi Shimon say, no, you can't do that. In Ula's version of the Mishnah, it had like this, two and two. Divrei Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda. The Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda were the lenient ones, and Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Shimon were three. And Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Shimon were the prohibiting ones. In other words, according to that, Rabbi Yehuda is in the lenient camp. He's the one who allows you to say, you know what? I'm not, I, I can't separate the Truma right now, but whatever I separate tomorrow, that's what I intend to be the Truma right now. Give me a drink. That's okay, according to Rabbi Yehuda also. Okay? So therefore, it would fit with the idea that you could do that with Eruvin also, and we can reject Ayo's version of Rabbi Yehuda. But according to this Mishnah, Rabbi Yossi is prohibiting Brera because he's saying a person cannot say whatever I separate tomorrow is going to count for today. He says you can't do that. And yet, we have another case where he does say that. But we learned in a Mishnah, and actually, this should be familiar to us because we, when we learned Masechet Kinim, we learned this Mishnah. Okay, it's a Rabbi Yossi Omer. That might be a Masechet that you want to forget because it was really hard, but uh, short but hard. All right, so he says, if you have two, this doesn't mean eruv tchumin. It just means together. Okay, in other words, biyachad. So it means that they bought their. They, they were two women who let's say they let's say they had been pregnant and had uh, you know they had children. So they had to bring their kinim. They had to bring their uh, pair of birds to the Beta Megdash as the korban. And they said, you know, what, let's go shopping together. We'll buy the four birds together. We'll pool our money. By the form, we bring the two pairs, and we'll do it together. Or they just gave the four birds to the Kohen. It says that whichever one 
the uh, whichever one the Kohen decides to make an Olah is good, whichever one he decides to make a Chatat is good. But what's the point? The point is that retroactively he's going to decide which one is credited to which woman and which Korban is going to be which. Right? So, so, so you see from there, Borah right there. Because they didn't say, they just brought him four birds, let's say. Right? The way that Rashi explains it, they, they brought him, let's say they even brought him two pairs. They just brought him, here's two pairs, here's two pairs. And maybe he makes two of them olot and two chatat, or one from each olah and one from each chatat. And then he credits it to whichever woman he wants. So it's retroactive. So it says no, because amarabah hatam keshehitnu. Over there it's talking about that they made a condition from the beginning. Okay, now Rashi interprets that they made a condition that whichever one the Kohen intends for them is the one that they intend. But Tosafot points out here that that's very problematic because that's the same as Brera. Right? How does that get out of the problem? The whole concept of Brera is that you're deciding later. Right? So Tosafot brings that problem and he says, no, what it means is that when they bought it, they said that they decided that which one would be which? Okay? That, that, that they decided whose is going to be whose. Right? So they didn't mix the, uh, the actual um, birds together. They only mixed the money together. Okay? So, that, so they did it. There wasn't actually about who owned which one. Okay? They, they, let's say they ordered four birds. But they said, okay, these two are going to be yours and these two are going to be mine. So they made a distinction. Okay, so if they made a distinction then, Tosafot's interpretation, so then what's the, what's the novelty here? So they made a distinction. So what are they doing? But it says, Why are you even mentioning it? Like Rav Chizda says, What it means is that even though they decided, um, okay, these two birds are going to belong to me, me, and Sarah and these two are going to belong to Rivka. Whatever they decided that, but when they come to the coin, he if they didn't make a commitment, which is going to be Olan, which is going to be Chatat, they just said these two birds belong to Sarah and these two birds belong to Rivka. We don't know uh, which one is going to be the Olan, which one's going to be Chatat. Who's going to decide that? If they didn't decide that, then who go, who makes that decision? The Kohen. But it's not actually Brera. Because he's not saying, oh, this is what they originally meant. He's just saying that they didn't make a decision, so I make the decision. That's different than Brera. Brera is, I do an action and I say what the meaning of my action is will be determined later. But according to the Halakha, no determination was made. They can make the determination when they buy it if they want to. But if they didn't make the determination, no determination was made, so it was made later. That's not Brera because we're not saying that this is what they originally intended. Okay, but when they made this, but, but they did decide whose birds were whose, according to Tosfot, because if they didn't, then that is Brera, because you're saying that they're making the determination of whose is whose, dependent upon the Kohen's future action. Now, but still, is it really true that Rabbi Yossi doesn't subscribe to the idea of Brera, because we see in the case of the wine, he doesn't subscribe to it. So uh, we got out of the problem of the birds, but what about this case, about Tani Wilend and Abraita? Um, and it says on the side that it should say, okay, yeah, it's, it's right, okay. If a, an Ama'aretz, a regular person, said to a Chaver, a Chaver is a person that we learned about 
um, previously, in previous Masechtot, that a person who is a chaver is a, is a person who is like, uh, keeps the laws of Tarah, keeps the laws of Tuman Maser very strictly. He's one of the Chachamim usually. Chaver means one of the Chachamim. So, Kachli Aguda Achat, Shalyerik, he says, get me some vegetables. Oglus Kachat, or get me some bread, a loaf of bread. Enotech Laser, the Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi says, the, the, the Chaver, the, the person who's very careful about Tuman Maser, doesn't have to separate Maser from what he bought. Now, that's a Chidush for the following reason, because when you buy something, Automatically, really, you should have the obligation to do that. Separate the Tuman Maser. Okay? So, but he's gonna give what he bought. He said, give me five loaves. One of them is going to the, uh, uh, the guy asked him for a favor, right? So he should only really have to take Tuman from four of them. Because one of them he's giving to his friend. But the thing is, he doesn't know which one he's giving. Okay? So, so Rabbi Yossi is saying, whichever one he gives to his friend, so the other four, so, so retroactively, that was never really his. So he never really had an obligation to separate the Tuman Maser from that because it was never really his. That's the Because if you're going to say that he bought it and all five of them belong to him, and then he decided which one to give, so then he should have done Tuman, he should have taken Tuman Maser from them when he had that. Right? So that's the The rabbis, in fact, say, once he buys it, even though afterwards he's going to give one of them, two or however many, I'm just making it up, uh, one, two, to the, uh, it's, I mean, it says here, get me one, so, uh, so he was going to give one, one bunch to the, to the other guy, so since, but at the moment that he bought them, he became obligated in the Tuman Maser, afterwards he decides which one he's going to give to the friend, right, to the, to the Amaharat that asked him to, to get the produce, so that's not, so since it's Brirah, he does have to, according to the Chachamim. So that's the Machloket. Rabbi Yossi is saying, because retroactively it becomes clear that loaf number five really went to the Amaharetz, it was never mine. So I didn't have to separate the Maser. According to the Chachamim, no, once you bought it, it became yours. One, you had to separate the Maser. Now you decide to give one of them out of the ones that you received to, your, to the guy who asked you. That, that's, that's new. That's a new thing. You already had the obligation. Okay? That's an example of Bayrah. Okay, so now it says, so, so how can Rabbi Yossi, how can we say Rabbi Yossi doesn't agree with Barai? He's saying right here that retroactively we find out that loaf number five never belonged to you. So therefore you never had an obligation on loaf number five. Okay, so it says no. Epoch, split it around. Let's just reverse it. What does that mean? In the Mishnah, or in the Bright, I should say Rabbi Yossi says you can't do that. And the Chachamim say you can. Because we say that Rabbi Yossi says you can't do Barai. Okay, Tashma, here's another example. If a person says, I have certain Maser Sheni, I don't want to schlep it to Yerushalayim. So I'm going to deconsecrate it on money. Whichever coin comes out of my pocket, when I put my hand in my pocket first, that one will be the one that is the, the Maser money. And he's not taking it out right now. He's saying, later on, I'm going to come take, take a coin out of my pocket. Whichever one I do, that is going to be the one that has the Maser Kedushah. Does it work? That's Brera. Because right now he has 20 coins in his pocket, let's say. He's going to pull one out, and that, that's going to be the one. So does it work? So it says, yes, it works according to the Chachamim. Rabbi Yossi Omer, I'm sorry, the Chachamim, the Rabbi Yossi says, Mechulal, it works. Rabbi Yossi says it works. Ah, so you see that Rabbi Yossi says Brera works? Because at the time I said, which I, I'm looking at the Maser right now. I'm looking at the green. I say, uh, the, you know, the Maser. I say, whatever <laughs> later on, in two hours from now, when I pull the coins out of my pocket, whichever one comes in my hand, that's going to be the uh, that's going to be the one. So does that work? He says, yes, it works. But that's Brera. So it says, ah, Epuch, again, switch it around. Say, Rabbi Yossi Omer, lo It didn't work. 
So we're just amending all these braytot to fit with the opinion that Rabbi Yossi, it's kind of like a, a news organization. You know, they just take whatever the content, they, they, they switch this quote and it fits with the narrative. This is what he said. He said it doesn't work, okay? But we have one case where Rabbi Yossi says Brayrad doesn't work, which is the case of the wine where you said, oh, later on after I drink it, uh, I'm going to figure out what the, uh, what the truma is. There he says you can't do that. Two more cases, he says you can do it. The master, he said you could do it, right? With, the, with these two cases where you buy for somebody else. Uh, you know, so why are we switching both of those to change Rabbi Yossi's opinion just because of the one other case? Right? Why are we doing that? So it says, We should say that really the other case, the case of the wine, where you say, I'm going to separate the truma later, whatever I separate later, that should be the situation where we switch it, because it's two against one. It says, The reason why is because we know that this last case is definitely an erroneous text. It's a typo. Why? Because it's really the opposite. Because it says at the end of it, It says, Rabbi Yossi agrees that if the person says, the maser in my house will be deconsecrated onto the new coin that comes into my hand from my pocket or from my purse, Shechilel, that it works. Meaning, from the fact that it says, Rabbi Yossi agrees that it works if he says the new coin uh, that comes into my hand. So the implication is that in the first case, he didn't agree that it worked. So it must be a typo. In other words, it says at the end, oh, Rabbi Yossi agrees that if he says the new coin that comes in my hand uh, will be the one that the Kiddushav Maser goes on, he agrees in that case. So that implies that in the first case, he didn't agree that it would work. He dis- he th- the other Chachamim maybe thought that it would work, but he was saying no, because he doesn't hold the Bayra. Okay, so therefore we see from that Brayta that there's a corruption in the text there, and we have to adjust it to fit that Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold the Bayra. Fine. So then, but the question is, what is the deal with that last case, though? If a new coin comes in my hand, what's the, what, 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 who's talking about a new coin? What, what's the meaning? So if there are two or three coins in his pocket that are new coins, so it's the same thing again. He's saying, whichever one of the new coins that comes in my hand, that's going to be the one later on when I empty my pocket, that's going to be the one that has the Kiddushah. It's Breirah. He must only have one in his pocket. So So why does it say the one that comes up in my hand? If he only had one, in other words, Rabbi Yossi is saying the one that comes up in my hand and there only is one. So then what's the chidush? It says, so why does it say ta'ale, the one that will come into my hand? I did the tani reshat ta'ale, that's just stylistic, since in the first case it talked about a person who had a bunch of coins, it said whichever one comes up in my hand will be the one that, is the ma- that the maser holding this goes on. So at the end it also says, even though he only had one coin, it says the one that comes up in my hand will be the one that the maser kiddushah goes on. Now, why does it have to mention that? So what's the chidush of that? Seemingly, I would guess that the chidush is that even though he's not doing it right now, in other words, since right now, uh, he, he only has one coin right now, right? But the thing is that later on, he's going to take it out of his pocket and he hasn't done that yet. So, it, so you might think that that's deferring the effect of the kidusha won't work. Right, or something like that. But really, there's only one there, so it's not really Brayra because we know 
that the, um, we know that maybe it won't take effect until later, but we know what it's going to take effect on. It's going to take effect. On. He's not determining what it's going to take effect on because there's only one option, right? He's just going to do it later. So therefore, we have a, a basis for saying Rabbi Yossi does not hold a Beirah in general. And whenever it does indicate that he holds a Beirah, we just reject that. So it says, Who is the author of the following Brayta that indicates that even in rabbinic matters, we don't have Brayta? Because there could be a difference between Deoraita and Deorabanan. A guy says, listen, I'm going to put this Eruv for me and the person of my choice. Okay, I'm going to decide who I want to go with me tomorrow. I'm going to select my companion. I guess this guy is a big shot, whatever, if people want to go with him. You want to decide? Right, so he said, I'm putting the Eruv. I'm going to decide who's going to go with me. I'm putting it for two of us. So if he decided, me if he decided before the Eruv took effect officially, before Shabbat started, that I'm going with Bob, okay, so now it's good. But if he waited until Shabbat and then he decided... Too late, it doesn't work because it's retroactive because at the time he put it, that's a case of Brera. So who is the author of this Brayta? Rav Nachman did not give an answer. He didn't know. Why didn't he say that's obviously coming from the teaching of this person Ayo that we learned about? Because Ayo was the one who said... That even in Durab, even in Eruv, there's no Ibrahim. So it said, Lo he hadn't heard of it. That's why he didn't answer. But Rav Yosef said, Rav Yosef, Did you forget all of the Tanaim in the world? What, you're, you're taking them out and you're coming up with uh, alternatives. Tanai, it's actually a machlok at Tanaim. If a person says, I'm making this Eruv Tchumin, out of something that never goes bad, right? He puts some Eruv Tchumin, some food that's not perishable. You know, it's very... Uh, so he leaves it for the whole year. For kol Shabbat tot And each Shabbat, I'll decide whether I want it or not. So the point is, if you put some item, food, whatever it is, there is a lecholashana. I'm putting it for all year. If there's a Shabbat, let's say for example, there's a, a a person you like to visit once in a while, they live outside the tchum. Now the thing is that whenever you make eruv tchumin, it's you know it's a positive and a negative because on one hand it gives you the extra two thousand amot to walk in the direction of your choice, but it also cuts you on the other end. You can't go. So it what right the opposite direction. So if it's so to the west, now you can't go to the east. So what happens? If you put the Eruv Tchumin over there, then, and then you decide you don't want to visit your friend, but then you want to go walk by the lake, I don't know, and it's to the east. So now you can't do it. Now, so it says, ah, he puts it for all year round to the west. Because sometimes I like to visit my grandmother, she lives there. I don't know, I'm just making it up. Right? And then, and then once, one Shabbat, he, his grandmother doesn't want to come over, so, uh, or she's away. So he decides he wants to go the other way. He'll decide that Shabbat. So it says, you can do that. You can do it for all year, as long as it stays there. As long as the food is still there, each Shabbat, you're good. So, if he decides on that, on Friday, I'm going to visit grandma tomorrow, good. But, if he wants to decide Friday night, maybe Shimon says, no problem, retroactively, your Eruv worked. The Chachamim say, 
that doesn't work. Okay, so in other words, the Chachamim in this Brayta are of the opinion that there's no Brayra. The, the Rabbi Shimon is saying it works. But we have a problem because just a minute ago, a few minutes ago, we read about the case of the wine. And the person who wanted to say, I'm going to decide what, where the Chuma is in this jug of wine when I decide later. When I have the ability to do it, but right now I'm going to drink some. And whatever I decide later will be the Chuma. Rabbi Shimon said, you can't do that. So how come he says you can do that by the Eruv? Again, we have to switch it around and reverse it and say that no, 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 it was the Chachamim that said it works and Rabbi Shimon says it doesn't work because Rabbi Shimon doesn't hold Beirah. He doesn't hold retroactive. So now in Braitot, they do this all the time. In Mishnayot, they're more reluctant to do it because the Mishnah was vetted very well, carefully. You know, to correct it is a bigger thing. But a Braitot, there were a lot of Braitot circulating and they were orally transmitted and there were a lot of errors in the Braitot and different schools taught different Braitot and some schools were considered to be very uh, reliable and some schools are considered less reliable. So you could, you know, they, they correct them. Now it says, my kashia, what's the problem? Why correct it? There's a simple solution. Maybe Rabbi Shimon doesn't subscribe to the idea of Beira when it comes to a biblical issue like Truma. But, maybe when it comes to Durabanan, a rabbinic issue like Eruv, He's more lenient. Maybe he's only strict in the case of Chuma because it's Deoraita. So, Kasavar of Yosef, man de it le brewa, la shena be Deoraita, la shena be Derabanan, it le. O man de let le brewa, la shena be Deoraita, la shena be Derabanan, let le. Rav Yosef says there's no such concept. If you believe in brewa, it's a, it's a matter of principle. It should work in either case. If you can, if you can define the significance of an action retroactively, it should work whether for a Deoraita or Dorabanan doesn't matter. And if you say that you can't, then whether Deoraita or Dorabanan also wouldn't matter. So that's why... It's what? It's not a suspect, it's opinion. What about what? If you believe in Bera, right. then, then you believe in Bera. Right, it's not a matter of Deoraita or Dorabanan. Right. right, you might have said, well, the rabbis allow you to use it, and you know, they, they didn't, right, exactly. It's not a matter of a safik deoraita, the chumrah, safik derabana, the kula, or something like that. So we're saying that if you hold by this idea, then the idea applies across the board, and if you don't, then you don't. So therefore, we assumed Rabbi Shimon would be consistent, and we're going to correct his, the text, so that he fits with his position that there is no way Rava, Rava says no. Actually, Rabbi Shimon might hold that there is Beira, and we won't have to mess around with the text. So then why didn't he allow you in the case of Chuma, to say whatever I decide on later will work, for a different reason. Because Reishit, when we talk about Chuma, it's called Reishit de Ganechat Yitzarecha, right? Reishit means the first of. <coughs> Reishit is actually Smichut, uh, so it's connected to the word after, it means beginning of something. <coughs> Meaning to say that when you separate Chuma, you separate it from something. You can't just give all of what you have to the Kohen. It won't be Truma. You have to have what's called Shiraim and the Truma. Just like we learned about in, um, when we learned about Menachot, we learned about the Korbanot, you have to have the Kometz and the Shiraim. You have to have the part that goes on the Mizbeach and the leftovers. If the Shiraim get totally destroyed, the leftovers are totally destroyed, you can't have a Kometz anymore because a Kometz is from the Shiraim. It leaves behind the leftovers. Right? So here too, the, 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 the Truma has to be of something. And it says it has to be Shira Nikarim. 
they have to be discernible what these share, what these leftovers are. And if you have just a jug of wine and you say, whatever I decide on later is going to be the truma, and therefore you're going to say that takes effect right away and I can drink from it, even though which one it's going to be hasn't been decided, but it's not nikarim, it's not discernible because it's all just in one jug. Normally in order to make a truma from wine, you have to pour some out. So you know which is the truma and which isn't. Maybe that's the issue. It's not an issue of Bayra. Maybe Bayra Rabbi Shimon is cool with that. The only problem is, <clears throat> over here, we can't identify what is the Trumha and what is the Shirai. So it says, Amali Rabbi Abaye Abaye says, wait a second, that doesn't work. Because, let's say a person had two pomegranates, she'll tev it. And he said the following strange condition. He said, Im Yerudug Shamim Ayom, Yehezet Trumha Alzeh. Fim Lo Yerudug Shamim Ayom, Yehezet Trumha Alzeh. You can make any kind of condition you want. If it rains today, pomegranate A is the truma and pomegranate B will be the, uh, the leftover. And if it doesn't rain today, then the other way. Why did he do that? I don't know, just for fun. I don't know why he did that. Right? But he says, So it says, in that case, you'll say, right? Are you going to tell me that that doesn't work? Because I can't tell right now which are the... Truma and which are the uh, which are the shirayim because they both look the same. It's just two pomegranates. I can't tell, right? I have two pomegranates. Right now, I can't tell. So you're going to tell me that it doesn't that it doesn't work? He says vechite mahachinam. Maybe you'll tell me yes. Vatanam we learned in the Mishnah Truma takiriz hazeh. If a person says the Truma of this pile umasrotav and it's maser betocho or inside of it, well Trumat maser zeh betocho. And the Trumat maser of this pile, meaning for the the maser of the Levi, he also has to separate Trumat maser. He says it's in here. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Hashem. Rabbi Shimon says it works. So wait a second, you're telling me that Rabbi Shimon says that you have to have Shi'aran Karim. It has to be clear what is the Truma or the Maser and what is the leftovers. Okay, so, but here you can't because it's just a big pile of grain and the guy said, uh, the Truma is in there somewhere. Now it's not the same as Brerab because he's not saying I'm going to decide later. He's saying it's in there right now. I'm declaring it's in there right now and I'm going to take away whatever's around and I'm going to say that's, that's it. Right? But it's not discernible. He says, and yet you see Rabbi Shimon says it works. He says, That's different. Because there you have the surround, it's a pile. And he said it's bitochot in the middle. So there is a discernible shiraim. Maybe I don't know the extent of how much he's going to end up giving his truma, but I know that the part on the outside Definitely he's not, because he's saying it's only bitucho in the middle. That's why. But in the wine jug, how can you do that? You can't say, well, it's going to be this section of the wine. You don't know what it's going to be. It won't work. <laughs> what? That's a good question. What do you say? If he had said the, 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 the bottom, uh, yeah, maybe because it mixes together. But uh, it, it could be that if he decided, you know, maybe it would be more similar if he said uh, the bottom half or something like that. That would be different. Then, but here he's not. He's just saying whatever I, future, I do in the future will, will be it. So it's implying that it's all mixed together. But, but here you have Sviva Vibaitim alternatively made the Kidektani Taba. Or it could be as ex- explained in another Braita. The following, and Rashi says, Rabbi Shimon, he really does hold the Vera. Maybe he does, Rashi says, It's not that Rabbi Shimon holds that there's no Vera, and that's why you can't do this trick. The reason is that maybe the container will break. Right, so he says, in the, um, 
in, in the case that maybe the container will break. I'm reading for Rashi. He says, Right? He says that the problem is, even if you're going to hold that Brera works, there's a problem. When, because you're making it dependent on a future action, and maybe that future action will never happen. In other words, if you do something like, this Eruv will work, I'll decide tomorrow which way I want to go. It's completely in your control. So you decide tomorrow, I'm going, I'm not going. Or I'm going that way, going that way. So that's in your control. But you say, oh, whatever I do in the future, I'm going to have this jug of wine and whatever I, uh, whatever I separate tomorrow will be the real truma. And then you start drinking it and then what happens, it, a, a hole gets punctured in it and the rest of it spills out. So in the end, you never really separated truma at all. So, does, so that's the problem. Amaled, right, so they said, so, so Rabbi Meir said, Rabbi Meir said, don't you agree that maybe you'll have the concern that the container will break? Right? And, and this person ends up drinking retroactively, he's drinking Tevel because there was never anything separated from it. Right? What about that problem? And they said, they said, and he said to them, when, that, when we have that problem, we'll, we'll deal with it. Right? So the question is, do we care about that eventuality or not? Do we worry about that or not? Right? And according to our original interpretation, that maybe the reason why Rabbi Shimon was more conservative about retroactive clarification was because... Uh, was because um, uh, you have to have a clear distinction between the truma and the leftovers. So then how do we interpret this exchange according to that? Because according to the Brera system, it makes sense. They're saying Brera works when it's totally in your control, but what about when it's not in your control? How then, you know, how far then can you, can you take it? And, um, and that's how they challenged Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir. They said to Rabbi Meir, how can you allow... How can you allow Brehran? He said, uh, it, since you, it's not fully in your control. And he said, ah, if it happens, it happens. Well, we'll deal with it then. Right? So, but how do we explain it according to the other interpretation? Because the other interpretation was that, no, their machloket isn't about Brehran at all. It's really just about, can you separate truma when there's no clear indication of what the truma is and what is the, uh, and what the, uh, what, what the shiraim are? So it says, my we hold that you need to separate Tuma in such a way that the leftovers are discernible. And therefore, since the leftovers are not discernible, this would not be good. And even according to you, that you don't require that, that you say that you can separate Tuma even in a circumstance where you can't immediately tell the difference in what's Tuma and what is uh, and what is the non-trauma, right? What about maybe the, the pa- package is going to break open, the container breaks, and, you, and, and ends up being that there's no shiraim at all because there's no trauma at all. And he said to them, well, we'll deal with that if it happens. In other words, according to the first interpretation of the makhluket that it's about bayra, 
They said, how can you make the vira dependent on a future action that you may or may not ever be able to carry out? And he said, okay, if it happens, it happens. According to the second one, the issue was, we say that you need to have a discernible leftover and a discernible tuman. You can't have that when it's all mixed in one container. So therefore, we say that it's a non-starter. But you, Rabbi Meir, say that that's not a problem. You, you, as long as you declare that there's tuman there, it's okay. The only problem is that what if it all spills out and he ended up drinking from it and it all spills out and now you can't really have any truma taken at all. He said, okay, if it happens, it happens. So basically, that's how they interpret the machlokit. Whether you inter- but in the end, they're saying that really it is an issue of brira. That's the, that's the key machlokit. Whether a person can make a determination dependent on something that's going to happen in the future. Halachically, we say you can't do it. But um, there, are, there is the possibility, we're going to see more, of making a t'nai on something. A t'nai can be different than a, um, than, than brira. If the t'nai, if the, if the condition is, is making the, uh, is dependent upon something which is going to happen before Shabbat. Okay, but if it's something that is going to happen on Shabbat when the Eruv would already have had to take place, it won't work. The famous case of a t'nai that works is you can do Eruvet Chumin for the two days of uh, Yom Tov. Because you can say, you can put the Eruv and say, listen, if today is it, let, let's say a person forgot to do the Eruv before Yom Tov. Right? So, so he, or in a situation where you have the two days of Yom Tov and, you, and it's a safek of the, uh, it's a safek which day is the correct day of Yom Tov. Right? So if the person goes and says, you know, uh, if today is really the Yom Tov, if, you know, or if tomorrow is really the Yom Tov and he makes it tonight, uh, that kind of a tanai can work in creating an eruv at a time where you might not normally be able to. But that's not considered bayra because it's, not, it's a factual matter. We don't know, let's say, which day is the correct day of Yom Tov. So we can make a tanai um, based on our lack of knowledge. But that's different, again, than a situation where it's not about our lack of knowledge. It's about um, a situation that has not yet come to, uh, come to fruition yet. Okay, so Bezor Hashem will continue tomorrow.